Thanks for checking out the Church RC podcast today. If you're new to the church or you want to learn more about us, you can always check us out at thechurchrc.com. Or we would love for you to stay connected throughout your week and everywhere you go with the Church RC app. Available for free anywhere you download apps. Now, here's Pastor Brian Sparks. Uh, This is going to be a fun word because we're in a series called It's Complicated. Relationships are crucial in our lives. Relationships come in all different shapes and sizes, right? We have relationships with moms and dads and aunts and uncles and crazy cousins and spouses and all of these different relationships and they're crucial to what we're called to do. But here's the thing is that that we also have to understand that they are complicated. They are complicated. There's some difficulty that comes with relationships. There's some things that are hard. There's some, there, there's some things that we have to work through, and it, it becomes very complicated. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27, it says this, And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you're taking notes today, you can title this message, Conflicting Correctly. Conflicting Correctly. Lord, I thank you right now for the word of God. I thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Thank you that every ear in here is open and receptive to hear your word. Lord, they didn't come to hear a word from man. They've come to hear a word from you. So Lord, I pray that you'd use me to speak to the hearts and the lives of your people. Let every life be changed. Let no one leave the same. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen. You know, all throughout this message, I'm going to talk about marriage, okay? Because that's who I have the most conflict with. And all the married people said, right? Are y'all with me today? Y'all tracking with me today? Y'all okay? The wardrobe malfunction freak y'all out a little bit? I'm only a man. (laughs) Right? Uh, Here's the thing is, is that that, that I'm going to be talking about marriage because that's where I deal with conflict the most. But here's the thing is, is that everything that I say can be applied to any relationship that you have in your life. So if you're not married in here and you're dating, it can be applied. If you're not dating anybody and you just have friends, it can be applied. If you're just dealing with your parents, it can be applied. So just take this, use it. Don't tune out, tune in because it will help you in your relationships. Crystal and I got married really young really young, right? In fact, uh, we, and then this is not an okay to do this, kids. We were, uh, Crystal was 17 when we got married. That was dumb. <laughs> but it worked out because the Bible says that all things work together for the good of those that love him and are called according to his purpose. So thank God that we are still happily married, not just married, right? And, uh, but, but we got married really young. In fact, my mother-in-law had to sign for Crystal to get married. It was only a week before she turned 18, but still she had to go down. And the whole time she was signing, she said, now when, if y'all get a divorce, I don't want you blaming me. The whole time, and I, we were like, we're not gonna get divorced. We're in it for the long haul, right? We're, we're in it to do it. But, but we got married really, really young. And, and here's the thing is, is that, Uh, just because we got married, we learned a lot of things as we were moving along. And one thing that we learned is that we had to learn how to deal with conflict because there's conflict that comes in marriage. 
There's conflict that comes in every relationship. And the thing is, is that you have to learn to deal with that conflict the right way. Because there's a right way to deal with conflict and there's a wrong way to deal with conflict. Anybody with me? There, there's some things that you should do and there's some th- things that you shouldn't do. And a lot of us will naturally uh, go back to what we shouldn't do and, and, and we end up handling the conflict that happens in our life the wrong way. Two people becoming one person is not easy. Two people getting together is easy. Two people becoming one is not easy at all. And what happens is, in in marriage especially, what God is trying to unite and bring together, the enemy is trying to divide and separate. Because he knows this, that if one can touch a th- uh, put a thousand to flight, two can put 10,000. If you ever get on the same page in your marriage or in your relationships, you are deadly. Because here's the thing is you're not supposed to do life alone. And so what the enemy wants to do is he wants to remove you from relationships of all shapes and sizes. Because if he can isolate you, he knows that he can kill you. Because isolation will take you out quicker than anything else. God has never intended for you to do life by yourself. Nowadays, here's the thing is that Crystal and I used to fight about a lot of stuff. Nowadays, we just fight about uh, pretty much the only time we have major arguments is about you. Um, and that is the direction of the church because she's a leader and I'm a leader and we both have our ideas, right? And, uh, the, and I'll always write. Not really. Uh, don't tell her I said that. But, but, but uh, the, the real one that gets us is when we're in the car going somewhere we've never been uh, because I hate, hate being lost. I'm, I'm telling y'all right now, it drives me crazy. U-turns, not cool. I don't like doing U-turns. I don't like being lost. It irritates me. It aggravates me. Now, here's the thing is Siri has fixed a lot of that because now Siri will tell you how to get from point A to point B. But y'all remember the MapQuest days? Come on. Remember when Google wasn't a thing? Any of all the old people raise your hand in this place, right? We used to actually, have, kids, we used to actually have to print off maps on computers with dial-up internet. I told my daughter that one time and she's like, do y'all have running water? (laughs) Like, yes, we had running water. But Siri has fixed a lot of that. But here's the thing, Siri will still mess up. Sometimes she has a brain fart and I don't know what happens, but we end up in the middle of nowhere, nowhere close to our destination. And guess what? I still blame Crystal for that. She's like, it's the phone. I'm like, no, Siri's a woman. You're a woman. You're all at fault. At this moment, right now, every woman on this planet is at fault for me being lost. And the fight begins. The truth is, is that we don't have a lot of fights, but we still have fights. Our kids get more annoyed with us for kissing and hugging than they do for fighting. And that's a good place to be. But we still have conflict. Any couple or anybody that's in a, in a really a good relationship, when they tell me that they never argue, I'm concerned for you. Because I automatically assume that you must never talk. Because if you never have had an argument you must never talk, right? You must never actually discuss things. You don't tell them your feelings. You never oppose their opinions. You, ne- you just go along with the flow. And I worry about those relationships because conflict happens right, in relationship. 
And if you want to have meaningful relationships in your life, you have to learn how to have healthy conflict. You have to learn how to have healthy conflict. Here's the thing is most of us pick up bad habits from people we were brought up by that we were raised with, right? We pick up bad habits. Parents, your kids are picking up your habits right now, right? Do, it, it, they're gonna do what you do, not what you say. And, and th- what happens is, is our moms and our dads, they teach us bad habits about conflict. Our grandparents, our aunts, our uncles, our brothers, our sisters. And we end up looking at all of these different ways that people have conflict and we pick up these bad habits and we start applying them and using them in our life. And that's, well, that's the way my mom and dad dealt with conflict. That's the way I deal with conflict. And that just because that's the way that they did it does not mean that that's the right way to handle it. My wife, uh, when we first got married, was a runner. And let me just clarify that. When I say runner, as soon as we got into an argument, she would grab her keys and she would peel out and head down the road. I don't know how she even got that Honda Civic to peel out, but she got that Honda Civic to peel out. And it seemed like it went on forever. Like, what has she got in that thing? Like... She would run, she'd take off, she was gone. She'd get, oh man, she'd get mad and she would just take off down the road. Now here's the thing is, is that one day it annoyed me that she would leave because I wanna talk this thing out. Let's talk about her feelings, right? And I wanted to talk this thing out, really wanted to yell about it, but, but, uh, but, but she had her keys on the counter and so I grabbed her keys and I was like, nah, you're not leaving today. So she grabbed my keys. The problem is, is that she didn't know how to drive a standard. So for 45 minutes, she sat out in the driveway trying to figure out how to crank it, refusing to come in, refusing to talk to me. She was determined that I'm going to learn how to drive a standard in my moment of anger. So I went out and I said, are you going to come in really? And she's like, no, I'm not coming in. And she's still trying. And I was like, you got to push the club. I'm giving her lessons on how to fix this, you know, how to start driving. Like she's going to take, it doesn't make sense, right? But that's the habit that she picked up. Where she picked it up from, I don't know. But that's the habit that she got. But I came with my own habits. I didn't run, but you make me mad enough, I shut down. All the people that shut down, just, you know what I'm talking about. Glass over stoic look on my face and I won't talk to you for days. You will feel my wrath through my silence. That's what I did, right? I just shut down. I, I just wouldn't talk. I wouldn't just, I didn't want to talk to anybody. I, I just kept my mouth shut. And here's the thing is that neither one of those are healthy ways to deal with conflict. Neither one of those are the right way to deal with conflict. Maybe you're, you're out there and you go, well, I can't relate to that. I'm not a runner and I don't shut down, but maybe you throw things. <laughs> Your spouse has to have cat-like reflexes or they're in trouble. Huh? Maybe you punch walls. Maybe you just uh, bury yourself in work and refuse to come home. Because if I avoid it, then I don't have to deal with it. 
If I just ignore that the problem is there, it'll go away. Let me tell you something, it never goes away. It doesn't go away just because you ignore it. Maybe you call your best friend and tell her what a low down, sorry piece of trash you're married to. Huh? All that does is make your best friend hate your husband. Now your two best friends can't stand one another. How's that working for you? Right? We have, these, we have these things. Maybe you're out there and you're going, you know what? Not, I'm none of those things. But your thing is, is I have to win every argument. I, it doesn't matter if I'm right or wrong. That's, that's, that's beside the point. I have to win this argument. You could be arguing, oh, well, the sky is blue. No, I'm arguing against that. The sky is green. And you're going to take that stance for the rest of your life that they are wrong and you are right. And here's what I've learned is that you can always be right or you can be in love, but you can't have both. Because guess what? You are human and there are times in your life that you are just flat out wrong. Yeah, you. Yeah, no, I'm talking to you, not your spouse. You're just flat out wrong. There are times in your marriage, there's times in relationships when you need to learn to do this. I just eat crow and say, I'm sorry. My dad always says this, I've learned to eat crow every way it comes. Barbecued, filleted, I, I can eat it anyway. That's just the way you are. You, got, you cannot always be right in relationships. But relationships are tricky because, and the reason why they're tricky is because we have a tendency to be self-centered people. We have a tendency that we really think about ourselves more than we think about anybody that we're in relationship with. And so we come into every relationship with our own hopes, dreams, and desires, right? I've got my hopes, and I've got my dreams, and I've got my desires, and I'm looking for Mr. Right or Miss Right to make all of these things come true. The problem is, is that they have their own hopes, dreams, and desires, and they're looking for Mr. Right or Miss Right to make all of their dreams come true. And we all come in with our own, and we know exactly how much money we're going to make and what we're going to do with the money that we make. Right? I want to buy a Louis Vuitton every year. And that's what we're going to do with the extra money we make. And that's your dream. And that's your desire, right? And I know exactly how many kids I want to have. A little Susie. I just want one little Susie and that's it. That's all I'm pushing out of this body. I want a little mini me. Done. Huh? We know exactly what pet we want. I'm a dog person. I'm a cat person. Right? We have these things that are hopes, our dreams, and our desires. And that's, that's what we come into the relationship with. And they come into the relationship with their own hopes, their own dreams, and their own desires. Here's the thing is, is that when we look for a spouse, especially, we look for somebody to meet our needs. We never ask the question, can I meet their needs? 
We never ask the question, well, you know what? I, I'm looking for the right person for me, but we never ask the question, am I the right person for them? And we come into these relationships expecting them to do something. Can I just tell you something? No person can fill your needs. Only God can fill your needs. And what you do with hopes, dreams, and desires is you say, God, here's my hopes, here's my dreams, and here's my desires. I give them to you. I don't hand them to my spouse. Because you can make them come true. You know what desires you put in my heart. What happens is, is that when they're not fulfilled... When they don't do what we want them to do, when they haven't made our hopes, dreams, and desires happen, now we're dealing with unmet expectations. And you know, I thought she would cook more. (laughs) And I wanted somebody that looked good and cooked like Martha Stewart, and we're having takeout again? Really? Take out again? Huh? We're doing this again? Like, I'm sick and tired of Panda Express. Well, I thought he'd be handier around the house. He can't even hang a new toilet paper on the toilet paper rack, much less a picture on the wall. My daddy built, uh, my mom, uh, our house from scratch and did all of this. And she, he could do anything. He could fix cars. He could do anything. And you can't even do laundry. It's unmet expectation. Well, I wanted a kid, but we can't have kids. And all of these things begin to pile up into unmet expectations and we put the blame on our spouse we expect them to do it and now it's an unmet expectation in our life you know the thing to do in any relationship the most important thing to do because what we end up doing is is we end up having a tug of war They're pulling on their dreams and desires and you're pulling on your dreams and desires and whoever pulls the hardest wins But you know the truth? Whoever lays theirs down wins. Well, I can't let it I can't let it go. If I let go, then they're gonna get their way. Okay. Come on. All right. Jesus said, I didn't come into the world to serve or uh, to be served, but to serve. When we go into a relationship, whatever that relationship is, I didn't come into this relationship to be served. I came into this relationship to serve. And all of a sudden, we get rid of these unmet expectations. Because as they begin to pile up, what unmet expectations become is it becomes strife in a relationship. The Bible says this about strife. It says, strife is arguments that cause barriers between people. Arguments that cause barriers between people. If you have a lot of strife in any relationship in your life, no matter what it is, I would want you to answer this one question. Are you expecting them to feel a hope, dream, or desire that you haven't even voiced? Because here's the deal is that we, a lot of times we will expect them to feel something that we desire, but we haven't ever told them about. 
Ladies, he doesn't get hints. Just come right out and ask. Huh? Guys, you should get hints. Just listen a little better, right? That's, that's the thing. And here's the deal is that it becomes strife in our relationships and unmet expectations begin to cause this strife that begins to cause these barriers. I love this. If you're out there and you go, man, I, I haven't voiced some of my hopes, dreams. I am putting expectation on them to feel something that I haven't even told them about. So here's the thing for you married couples to do is on the way home if the kids aren't in the car. Just say, hey, what are your hopes, dreams, and desires? And then here's the key. Shut up. Now, they might get mad because we've been married 20 years and you don't even know what my hopes, dreams, and desires are by now. What's wrong? You know, you don't even know me. Just keep your mouth shut. Because here's the thing is, is that that's the goal is to, to help them achieve their dreams. And when both parties help each other and their goal is to help them achieve their dreams, guess what? You end up with an unstoppable marriage. You end up with an unstoppable friendship. You end up with an unstoppable parent-child relationship. That's what happens when you begin to do those things. I love this John Osteen uh, quote. It says this, the way to avoid a misunderstanding is to first have an understanding. Here's the thing. The way to avoid the misunderstanding is to first have an understanding. Now, here's, if you're in here and you don't have, you're, you're dating somebody, and if the majority of your time is spent fighting and arguing, I would just say this. Maybe you should rethink it. Come on. We all know that couple that it broke up and got back together 42 times. And what you want to say every time they call you is, move on. Right? We know you, get, you break up, you get back together. You break up, you get back together. You break up, you get back together. Because all you do is fight. But yeah, but when it's good, it's good. But when it's, it's bad most of the time. It might be time to move on. And don't even buy into the lie that marriage will fix it. Because if you're arguing over little things now, and trust me, when you're dating, they're little things. What are you going to do when big things come along? When now all of a sudden you've got budgets. Now all of a sudden you're balancing schedules. Now all of a sudden you've got mortgage payments. Now all of a sudden all of these things, your kids are asking for this and that, and you're balancing all this stuff. How are you going to manage that? Don't think for a second that marriage will fix it. That's like married people who are having problems in their marriage saying, you know what, we should just have a kid. That won't, everybody knows, that won't fix it, right? It just makes the problem worse. The same thing happens if you're dating somebody and all you do is fight. Can I give you a a couple of things that are gonna help you in conflicts in your relationships? I think they'll help you if you'll take them, you'll apply them to your life. They're going to help you. This is a popular message, I know, because everybody likes talking about fighting. The first thing that you need to start doing is you need to start responding 
and you need to stop reacting. Start responding and stop reacting. Romans 12, 21 says this, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I have an uncle who is the nicest guy you will ever meet. He will do anything in the world for you. Anybody know somebody like that? I mean, he'll give you the shirt off his back, literally. He just, he is one of those guys that will do anything for you. But what's funny is, is there's one thing that you don't do to my uncle, is you don't jump out and surprise him. Because if you jump out and you try to scare him, he will punch you in the face. It's the craziest thing, but it's just an automatic reaction. Like he just comes out swinging. That's just what he does. I don't know what happened to him as a kid that caused him to be this way, but that's the way he is. He just comes out swinging. He overreacts to the situation that's presented to him. And a lot of us, that's how we deal with conflict. We end up reacting to the situation that's presented to us. And in, in reacting, we overreact to it. And so what we do is, is we say, oh, you hurt my feelings, I'll hurt yours worse. Oh, you, 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 oh no, you, did, you said something hurtful or mean to me. Guess what? I will say something twice as mean to you. And it becomes a competition to where I will react to whatever is presented to me. And here's the thing is in a relationship, in every relationship, God does not hold your partner accountable how they react. He holds you accountable how you react. You're not supposed to react to the situation that presents itself. You're not supposed to overreact and say, you know what? I'm going to hurt you worse. I'm going to do this to you. You, Because here's the thing is we've all heard the saying, two wrongs don't make a If you hurt their feelings worse than they hurt yours, what does that accomplish? What does that do? Does it do anything? Does Does it help the situation or does it make it worse? Refuse to react. Take time to think. Choose your words carefully and respond appropriately. Proverbs 21, 23 says, whoever guards his mouth And tongue keeps his soul from troubles. Watch what you say. Don't react. Choose to pause and respond. Second thing, I'll tell you, start bragging and stop nagging. Philippians 4.8 says this. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate, think about these things. Stop nagging and start bragging. I love, I heard a story recently about uh, Billy Graham's wife. Uh, Billy Graham was a traveling evangelist and he spent a lot of time on the road. In fact, he would spend seven months out of the year on the road. That's a long time to be gone from your spouse, especially in a day and age when the technology wasn't what it is today, right? It was a long time to be away. It was a long time to be gone. And, uh, and a reporter, he, he would be on the road and, and the, she would take care of the kids in the house and everything else. That was just their, their way of doing it. I'm not being a male chauvinist. That was their way of doing it. 
And a, a reporter found out that he was gone seven months. So she did an interview with Miss Graham and she said, Miss Graham, can I ask you a question? Your husband's gone seven months out of the year. Does that bother you? Miss Graham said, honey, five months with Billy Graham is better than 12 months with anybody else. And what she was doing is, is saying, whatever things are true, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are a good report, whatever things are praiseworthy, I'm gonna think about, does it stink to be, have him gone seven months out of the year? Absolutely, but that's what we're doing. That's, what, that's, what, that's our marriage. That's what God has called him to. That's what he's supposed to do. And so you know what? I'm gonna to choose to focus on what's right and, I, and I'm gonna brag about what's right and I'm not gonna nag about what's wrong because here's the deal is that when you, whatever you focus on, you'll get more of. If you're constantly nagging, I, here's the deal. Nobody loves a critic. Nobody, nobody likes to hang out with critics, right? Nobody likes to be around critics. I, I had a boss that was so critical, I could do nothing right, nothing right. I mean, if I did it this way, he would say I should do it that way. If the next time I did it that way, he would say I should have done it this way. That was just the way it was. And you know what? Every day when I had to go work with him, I wasn't like, goody. You know what? I can't wait to go see him. I love feeling like I can do nothing right. If my best friend, every time we talked on the phone, he told me how I was sorry, no good, couldn't do anything right, and that's all he did every time we talked, how long do you think we would be best friends? So why is it okay in a relationship? Why is it okay with your spouse? If you found yourself constantly talking about the negative and the things that they're doing wrong, how is that okay? If you wouldn't put up with it from your best friend, then why are you doing it to your spouse? Why are you doing it to your best friend? Stop. Start bragging and stop nagging. Here's the thing. Being overly critical in our relationships doesn't make our relationships better. It makes them toxic. So what you're trying to accomplish, you're actually accomplishing the opposite. What you're trying to fix them and actually you're just driving them further and further away. The last thing, and I'm done. Start talking and stop walking. Communication is key to resolving conflict. Maybe you're like me and you don't want to talk about it. I just shut down. Maybe you walk away and you ignore it. It'll go away if I just ignore it long enough. You need to hear this. Communication is key to resolving conflict. Now, that doesn't mean that you should always say what you want to say. So there's times in, if you're an angry, you're, you're, everybody has those moments when you're angry. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like blood boiling, you're angry. And in those moments, what you do is, because you don't want to say something you'll regret. And that's what happens and anger blinds us and we end up saying something that we shouldn't say. So what you do is you say, you know what? I need to cool off. Give me 30 minutes or give me an hour and then we'll revisit it. You don't just walk away until you're ready to talk about it. 
you have a conversation and say, you know what, I just need a few minutes. Just give me 30 minutes to cool off because I really wanna have a clear head when we talk about this. Now, here's the thing. If you're not that spouse and you wanna get it resolved right then, stop pushing if they say that. Communication is key. And here's the thing. The Bible says, don't let the anger, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Crystal and I have had fights where we've gone to bed angry. You know what I'm talking about. Don't you touch me. Get your toe on your side of the bed. What are you doing? Don't you put your feet on me. Nasty, disgusting feet. Get it. Right? And you're laying there miserable. And what happens is, and I can't explain it, it's spiritual. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And when you go to bed angry, there is a wall that's built. And when you wake up the next day, it's hard to scale it. It's hard to overcome it. You don't know how to get over the gap. Now you just know I'm angry and I'm mad and I don't know how to fix it. And, I, and, and every day you go to bed angry, the wall gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And I, maybe you found yourself in that place today. Maybe you've had some conflict in your marriage. Maybe you've had conflict with your friends. Maybe it's a loved one, a mom, a dad. I've learned sometimes the, way, the best way to fix it is I'll come in, I'll grab Crystal by the hand. We fight and we, we might not even made up yet. I'll grab her by the hands. I'll look her in the eye and I say, I love you and I'm sorry. But I wasn't wrong, Brian. I ain't saying sorry. I wasn't wrong. Relationships are worth saving. Pride is not. And there are times when you just need to say, I love you and I'm sorry. I'm so sorry for what I said. I'm so sorry for what I did. I don't want this wall. Here's the thing is it's worth saving. Your marriage is worth saving. Remember the way you were in love. Remember how much you cared about each other and just grab each other by the hands and say, you know what, I love you. It's not fixing everything. It's not all gonna go away, but this is a start. Because I believe that when we do that, God begins to tear down walls. God begins to do a work in our hearts. With every head bowed and every eye closed, no one's looking around. Lord, right now, I just pray for every relationship in this place. Lord, I believe this, that the enemy has tried to destroy. He's tried to divide. He's tried to separate. He's tried to build a wall. And Lord, I pray you would do what only you can do. Sometimes in months and years that we've built walls, Lord, I believe this, that in a moment, you can bring them down. Today can be the start of healing that relationship. 
Lord, I pray that you give us wisdom in how to handle our relationships. Because relationships are complicated, but they're worth it. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that that we would learn to forgive as we've been forgiven. God, we're not saying that they did something right, but God, we're saying that we're gonna let it go anyway. God, I pray today would be a road to healing. At The Church RC, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If this ministry has blessed you in any way and you would like to contribute financially, you can go to thechurchrc.com slash giving. If you have a story to share about how God is moving in your life, send us an email at amen at thechurchrc.com. Thanks and have a great week.